2: How you doing, everybody? And welcome back. Out of the pen, onto the mound. It's Evan Kahn joining me, Scott Beatty. And we are here for you for the next hour. Well, till 6 o'clock as we do the second hour of sports talk. Coming up, a preview on the Indiana Hoosiers. Some thoughts from across the border. Dustin Dupirik from the Indiana Star, Indy Star, I beg your pardon. Will join us and we'll see what's going on over there in the Hoosier State. Colin Lykus on the prep scene. That is all straight ahead. White Sox baseball tonight. Could they? Would they? Would they win another one against Houston tonight after two eighth inning comebacks? In the last two days, just one of the things that is on baseball fans' minds. You'll hear it here tonight if they do. 6.30 pregame with Leonard DJ, 7.10, first pitch. And Lauren was very, I think, oddly happy to point out, as I'm sure you are too, that the Cubs are playing better than the Yankees since the All-Star break.
3: Mm -hmm. And, of course, the
2: Cardinals are in first place, so everything's coming up
3: Millhouse here. Four straight series wins for the Cubs. Uh, Young pitchers are looking good. Drew Smiley still looks good. Should have traded him. Oh, well. I, I, I guess it is what it is. But, yeah about time that everybody kind of gets into gear we're only in the fifth month of the season so it's about time <laughs> teams start to hit their stride and play some some good baseball and That's right dunston
2: just needs a little time to develop <laughs> <laughs>
3: exactly so so the the white Sox are in good shape here that uh, as much as they were struggling just a week or so ago now they've won five in a row and in, instead sync with a Guardians bit of a slide and now all three teams are within a game headed into tonight
2: go no figure I it, try and figure this game out just try and figure mm-hmm. it out and that's why the article that came up on CBS Sports why you know are, are, the, are the card essentially is asking are the Cardinals going to regret or look good on passing on Juan Soto whatever happens this year in, in, in the long term I know why you don't want to pass on Juan Soto but it, basically points out that they didn't meet the price for Juan Soto, but they're doing fine right now without him kind of thing. Um, and you can do fine without spending a ton of money. We've seen it happen. You could spend a ton of money and not do fine, but yet on the balance you kind of want to spend the money because you get what you pay for. But it's all I'm saying is as soon as you do the thing that makes sense, it doesn't happen. <laughs> That's what happens in baseball. <laughs>
3: Yeah, kind of like when the Cubs got Jason Hayward at a, a discount for less years, you know? That was supposed to be a, a win-win for, for everybody, and it didn't work out that <laughs> way. It worked it,
2: for 2016. It,
3: it did. They, they do have a ring, something the Cardinals don't for the last decade. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it, it, you know, it... it it remains to be seen. Uh, you you kind of got to let the season play out, yeah. and maybe even a couple more seasons. Considering the Padres aren't going to have the lineup that they thought for the rest of this year, we won't get to see that until probably mid May of next year, and, and and then things will work out. But it it I I don't know if it's necessarily you know did they make the right move by going for Soto? It, it really did they make all the moves to maximize Goldschmidt and Arenado's? prime which they are currently in which is not going to last forever mm-hmm. and again you know we'll, we'll have to look next year to to see if they can keep up even close to the numbers that they are this year both having career years um and and, and will that that continue and will they stick around and maybe the pitching does develop maybe liberator becomes liberator keep forgetting that middle syllable um he, he becomes it's more of a, a f- that's how it's pronounced b- bielma, bielma, you know tomato tomato but you know we'll we'll see how it plays out do they get a ring do they not get a ring they're they're in pretty good shape right now but when you stack up what they've got against the two top teams and just the NL you put them pretty pretty steadily at third behind them
2: uh did you see the Arenado play yesterday the diving play and this off-balance throw he makes to Goldschmidt and uh you know it's off the bag I mean it was just a heck of a throw but it it was all he could do to get anything on it. And then Goldschmidt is off the bag, and the guy looks like he's safe, but Goldschmidt at the last nick of time swipes his glove up and gets the runner right in between the legs and <laughs> just in time before he put his foot on the base. <laughs>
3: I did not see that, but that, Almost that, said, that touched sounds... The bag, but- <laughs> <laughs> no pun intended on that one from yeah. the pun champ over here, but undisputed. Yeah. <laughs> what what else do you expect from the two? And that's a uh, that's the probably the the most overlooked thing about the Cardinals we we talk about you know these last 10 years and what were they doing from 16 to 18 and that they were putting out you know a team that could win but then you had you know a Matt Carpenter at first base and I can't remember who played third base for him at that time but you got Johnny Peralta playing shortstop like they they couldn't pick it very well on defense whereas now uh, I mean, across the board from, from catcher all the way to out to outfield, they've got at least average, yeah. if not plus-to-plus-plus plus plus guys picking it.
2: Well, the Cubs win today 3-2. to two. They took the lead in the seventh inning and beat the Nationals. Roan Wick gets the save for a one-run victory out in our nation's capital. Uh, and the the, the seventh-inning difference was a John Gomez single down the line to right field. And how about Fran Miel Reyes? apparently a thing now. Uh,
3: what, one of the, the small perks of being in a rebuild or a retool is sometimes you get to take flyers on, on guys like Framio Reyes. Reyes, and he comes over and he just murders the ball. He's got like 11 hits in a week, and over half of them have been for extra bases. He's got an extra base hit in four straight games, I I, I think it is. and Yeah, just a, another one of those fun things. Maybe he, he does stick, and he's that big right-handed bopper that... I, they've got a, a Patrick Wisdom but Patrick Wisdom's 30 and, and so you you want guys that'll be here for that next, you know, championship run.
2: You heard LeBron James is going to get paid finally getting something that worth his due, worth, worth his his value. About time. About time. He's <laughs> been toiling in the NBA for so long two more years at least 97.1 million dollars
3: over over a half a billion from the nba in terms of his contracts since he he's been a rookie and that's not including you know his own shoe line and everything else that he does yeah he's one of the greatest and he gets paid like one of the greatest as he should
2: Back in my day, Sonny, the NBA didn't start until, like, November, but Tuesday, October 18th, will be the starter of the the opening game of the
3: regular season. Even, I don't know, a decade, maybe even less than that. It was more like Halloween time when you you would get the tip-off. Now we're all the way back, and that's, of course, with the new CBA, and they don't want to play three days in a row anymore or whatever all the different stipulations are, but they get more off days than teachers do it's just insane (laughs) don't start on
2: teachers (laughs) teachers i love you i'm married to you i'm the son of you i'm the son-in-law of you and i used to be one you're on your own island over there because anyway we're gonna keep moving on um let me tell you (laughs) let me tell you about illinois women's hoops starting their season their their opener is a little bit later than the start of opening day and that is November 9th uh, against Long Island, Brooklyn. Coming to town here. Alcorn State on November 13th. McDee State on November 16th. Evansville, November 19th. They're traveling to Daytona Beach on Thanksgiving weekend. ACC Big Ten Challenge in Pittsburgh on November 30th. Big Ten play starts the week of December 3rd through the 10th. And uh, Bragg and will be at Missouri on December 18th. Some of the games, they don't know the dates of their Big Ten games yet, but they know the slate of that. So that's how Shauna Green's first season will commence on November 9th. You'll hear the games here on DWS. I do sense, I don't, yeah. I, we, we at some point we'll talk with Shauna. We'll start to get a little more understanding of who's on the roster and and the ins and outs. There's a lot of people excited. I don't know what that's going to mean for her. I don't know if she's going to have a long slog. I don't know if she's going to be able to... Uh, you know, flip some switches and turn something on and and, uh, get some cohesiveness on the floor to get some wins more. I don't know where you want to put that, but there is some excitement around women's basketball. Interest, intrigue, maybe are better words that weren't there before. And so uh, it might be a time to buy low right now while you (laughs) can because uh, they believe that the stock will rise under Shauna Green. And the words I've heard are the, the players are buying in with her.
3: They're in on her. New new coaches uh, can, tend to do that, you know, just get get a little bit of a buzz going around a program, and, and for a, a women's basketball program that really hasn't had any buzz for a long time, that's a, a a good thing. And then you look at that schedule again. I don't know the ins and outs of women's basketball quite like college basketball on the men's side, but looks like there's some winnable games there in the non-con. You get your feet. Under you, you know, start feeling good and then we'll we'll see what happens at at Big Ten when Big Ten season rolls around. But yeah, way more excitement, interest in women's basketball maybe than than there has been in, in, in the last few years. Uh,
2: Anything else we need to hit here because we're coming up on our segment with Dustin Pirak to talk some Indiana Hoosiers hoops. Also, Colin Likas is going to check in. Uh, A week from today, we will be in downtown Champaign for the Battle of the Paddle with our friends at the United Way and Hickory Point Bank. And a lot of uh, celebrity, celebrity paddlers will be there as well, including Brad Dancer and Evan Clark. Shauna Green is going to be stopping by uh, Mike Poeta from uh, Illinois Wrestling. And it's all to benefit the United Way and in particular, some early education efforts. So You can come visit us on the scene of this battle of the paddle table tennis tournament going on. Right. It's on Taylor Street. That's the walking part between uh, Walnut and Maine. Uh, it, it's like mm-hmm. where Farron starts and then you know there's Cowboy Monkey there and, and some of the other things uh, where the new cofusion is anyway you, uh, they'll have it set up so you can stop by and park easy and, and drop things off if you want to donate or say hello so that's all coming up a week from today and then uh, Fighting Line A Volleyball and Football on Saturday the 27th soccer opens up their season tomorrow night at Demersion Park that'll kick off the athletic year
3: very exciting stuff. I was off on my weeks. I didn't think students were back until next week's, and, and I had planned to, to do some things on campus, so that's kind of out the door now that that place is a, a bit of a zoo, but it's good to, good to get the sports going again. We'll, we'll be talking with coaches and the players and hopefully some wins.
2: Yeah, a friend of mine said they made the mistake of going to Target yesterday. Just trying oh, to go get oh. in, go and get an
3: errand Yeah, no, no Target, no Walmart. You're gonna hit the Meyer. grocery store. You got to go at seven thirty if it's open. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be a hectic couple weeks here in CU.
2: We'll come back and chat up some of what it looks like over in Indiana, Illinois' first Big Ten football opponent this year. <music> Wednesday edition, it is of Sports Talk. I'm Scott Beatty. He's Evan Kahn. On the Friday night before Labor Day, Illinois will travel to the other Memorial Stadium, one of the other Memorial Stadiums in the Big Ten, and take on the Indiana Hoosiers. It's the Big Ten opener. It's a season opener for the Hoosiers as well. Covering that program for the Indianapolis Star is Dustin DiPiroc. Dustin, welcome back to Sports Talk. Great to have you.
0: Thanks so much for having me back. Appreciate it.
2: Yeah, good to see you. What's the vibe around the, the Indiana Hoosiers? I think we both know that we're in um, amongst at least a significant portion of a fan base that uh, sees football as something to do until basketball season starts, particularly with the history around the programs. But uh, I know the Hoosiers have off and on made some noise here in the last couple of years but are coming off a disappointing 2-10. and 10.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think there's, uh, you know... I, the uh, how, how the vibe is, is two different things basically. As far as the fan base is concerned, the fan, fan base uh, really felt duped uh, going into last season. Obviously, I think it was the first time since 1969 that they entered a season in the top 25 and uh, you know, converted that into a two and ten season. So the fan base basically looked at that and said, okay, well, I i feel like I was i, I got my hopes up. Uh, maybe in part because of a strange year in, in 2020 when, when everybody was battling through COVID, Indiana just kind of got, uh, the better end of that deal, basically going six and two and, and only lose to Ohio State in the Big Ten. Um, and so for, for a lot of reasons, basically, I, I and I think a lot of others thought Indiana, because they, they didn't lose a lot between that season and last year, uh, was going to be at least a top three or four program, uh, in the Big Ten, basically was maybe going to be competitive with Ohio State. Probably was still going to lose that game, but, but had a shot against the Michigan's and takes No, that really went south. Um, so basically Indiana fans thought, this, okay, well, if, you, if you're not going to trick me again into getting my hooks up, you know, I'm an Indiana football fan. I'm not going to buy into this. Um, they're going to have to do something before I'm happy again. So that's kind of where the fan base is, is they're just sort of not, uh, all too interested until they see something go right on the field. Uh, the, the program itself, I think those vibes are better because I think they went into the last year and, and, and you know, as they look into, uh, they, they've done a lot of soul searching from last year and said you know the, there were there were guys that basically thought they were just going to be better without having to work as much um and you know sort of felt like there were and, and once the season went sideways uh basically guys checked out more or less I and mean, it's like obviously they it, it went sideways really fast basically the first couple of plays of the iowa game in the opener was going bad it got worse as the season went on and we went through, they went to cincinnati they were leading in that game mike McFadden gets a uh you know helmet to helmet hit and gets uh, tossed out of the end of that game and everything went south from there so they sort of looking back at me and they think, well, okay, we've we've got to hold ourselves more accountable. Uh, we've got to kind of have a reset at this point, and they have, you know, to an extent. I mean, I think that there's a lot of new blood in there. Uh, basically, a lot of uh, you know, a lot of the, many older guys have moved out, but there's enough that have some winning experience that know what it's like to go to bowl games um, that are just sort of more devoted to just making sure the season doesn't go the same way the last year's did. So who knows if that's enough to get anywhere near close to what 2020, you know, to where they were at. in 2020 but at least you know there's some experience there there's there's generally new better vibes around the program as far as the players and the coaches are concerned
3: they were at the end of 2020.
2: Dustin DePieric here with us on the Indianapolis Star on Sports Talk.
3: Hey Dustin this is Evan and along those lines of that soul searching and you talked about it sounds like it was a in in the locker room kind of thing towards the end of the year would you say that contributed to to all of the transfer movement over there in Bloomington both guys going out and coming in it was kind of a necessary evil with the way things shook out last season?
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean Tom Allen used the word pruning, uh, and I'm sure, you know, they, they were already having discussions with guys toward the end of the season of who wants to be here and who doesn't. Uh and there were guys were they were already transferring out. And I think that was you know, and so I don't know who was told you gotta go, who was just told Hey, I think if you stay, you know, not much is going to go well. Um, You know, and you obviously have the fact that uh, you're going to have more player movement just, you know, basically between uh, the portal being what it is now, but also guys having their extra COVID years. There were certain definitely players, you know, Alan said basically we can't give everybody their COVID year because then we wouldn't wouldn't be able to bring in a freshman class. when they had a pretty significant one, a pretty highly rated one. It was like, okay, well, we've got to move a certain amount of guys out of here. Um, and, you know, they can't be – not everybody can take a six year and a fifth year and whatnot um, because we've got to bring in this freshman class. We just can't do it for everybody. This is just how this thing works. Um, you know, just giving so many guys so many more years of eligibility, there's just not no spots for it, especially when they were going to go back to, uh, you know, holding you to those numbers uh, where they were sort of fading out for that coming into this year. They were going back to the 85. So that, that's part of it, but, but certainly, yeah, the soul searching and, and everybody sort of realizing, you know, who was bought in, who wasn't guys being real with themselves. That they, they sort of weren't bought in with Indiana, not seeing maybe opportunity to move on. Uh, you know, some guys that, that played last year transferred because they were walk-ons a couple guys, uh, in the running back room, Davion put Dexter, and Chris Childers moved on to go get, I think they got FCS, uh, scholarship offers just to get their money paid for. I, or, or I think they maybe played, they're playing smaller ball, I think, uh, Urban uh, point is like Miami of Ohio, so some of those guys were just taking advantage of some new um you know basically being a better situation knowing that they weren't going to get their uh, schooling paid for it at i u so everybody had a bunch of reasons, but generally uh you know Tom Allen went into that knowing that a lot of guys were going to leave and basically that he needed a lot of them too
3: is there a lot of pressure on Tom Allen to win this year coming off the the disappointment of last year he's in year 6 so it's fully his scheme his team and, and they've seen varying degrees of success with him does he need to win this year to to feel like he's comfortably sticking around Bloomington for a while
0: well he, i mean he obviously got a significant extension after 2020 so you know because he has won it's not like he's in year 6 and uh you know hasn't won if if, if he had, you know he'd be gone already if he hadn't gone to a couple bowl games um you know basically you know going to the gator in 2019 and, and the outback in 2020 that obviously helped his uh job security a lot so last year doesn't kill him and another bad year wouldn't kill him either but 2021 is the sort of season that ends up sinking you eventually when you miss expectations by that much uh it can create a spiral um and because obviously you know recruits are going to look at you and say, okay, you guys were supposed to be a top 25 program, what happened? Um, and e- even if, you know, Scott Dolson at the, you know, and the rest of the athletic department aren't looking to make a move soon at all, and, and frankly they're really, really not because, you know, they, they had to buy out Archie Miller not too long ago and, and they would owe Tom, Tom Allen a lot of money uh, if they had to bail him out early in this contract. So they're not trying to do that. They're not looking for a reason. Um you know, things would have to go south for them to, to pull the trigger or like really early. Um, but all the same, when, you know, if, if you're not winning in football, you're losing a lot of money. Um, and so there will, there, there could come a time, uh, when they have to make that move early. And again, when you have a bad season, when you miss the ex- expectations by that much, um, it's tough. I mean, it, it's one of those years that can absolutely stick with you because you can always look back and say, okay, why, why did that happen? Uh, you know, if this year isn't good, I think, I, you know, I think, um, you would have probably looked at the season and said they were probably going to take a step down. Uh, if, but you would you would expect the 2021 to be a good year, and that this year would be a year that okay they're going to you know take a little bit of a back step with some guys leave. Um, and so, you know, the expectations are not very high for this team. So on some level, you know, there's, there's not a ton of pressure on him. Um, but again, this thing can go south fast. Uh, the recruiting can go south fast. I think you're already seeing, uh, a hit that's being taken. I mean, they had a bunch of four-star guys in the 2022 class, but a lot of those guys were guys that they had already, uh, you know, developed relationships with before the season, either gotten commitments or something like that. Um, and this year right now, they don't have any four-star commits in the, uh, the 2023 class. And so, um, it's one thing to have – he expects to have a small class this year, and maybe that's not a big deal. But if it keeps going to 2024, 2025, all of a sudden you're having a talent drain and, and then you know a change has to be made just to get yourselves back in it. So um, it's important It's important that they turn things around. It's important. He might not have to win this year and get them to a bowl game this year, but there's got to be some, some kind of positive direction. It's got to show up. Um, in, in, at least on the recruiting trail um, it's 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 sort of a moving target for for what has to happen for him to get things back right uh, but you could definitely imagine a scenario where he isn't there as long as he would have hoped and you look back at 2021 and say that's the reason why
2: talking with dustin depirik from the indianapolis star he covers the indiana hoosiers zooming out looking into the future here with all the talk of expansion and possibly doing away with divisions as we know them? How many people in Indiana are saying, sounds like a good idea to me to not be in the Big Ten East <laughs> yeah. anymore?
0: They, they are. They would be really, really happy about that. I know Scott Dolson, the athletic director, has been uh, very forthright in saying we would like to get out of the Big Ten East. Uh, would not. We would very much prefer not having to play Ohio State and Michigan and Penn State and Michigan State every single year. Uh, you know, they've been, they, they benefited from Michigan State being down, uh, for a little while. Obviously, they were able to, I think, shut them out in, in 2020, but Michigan State obviously got back. It got back fast, uh, under Mel Tucker. So when you're dealing with that gauntlet and you're basically just walking into every season season thing, eight and four is your best case scenario before you even look at crossovers and potential non-conference games. Uh, that's a tough spot to be in, uh, basically when, when just the, that's, you know, there's just, not the highest ceiling for you at the end of the day. I mean, you, you're, you're not going to, you know, stumble around, get a couple of breaks, and win the Big Ten East. You know, you, you have to presume that uh, you you have to be a top-five program to do that because that means beating Ohio State. And, you know, right now that that's what it requires to beat Ohio State is to be a top-five team or better. Um, so they they would love to not be in a divisional situation anymore. Obviously, they have high ups that, that will – uh, that they'll be able to move things around with UCLA and UCLA, USC and UCLA coming in. And you never know if there will be somebody else as well. I, I think they were already kind of going towards the possibility of getting out of divisions anyway. Uh, but yeah, Indiana is very much up for that. I, I, I know I saw Dulson give a speech somewhere recently uh, when he said, you well, know, I, I, Penn State and Mich- Michigan are fun places to be, and I offer anyone else in the league an opportunity to do that more often. So you you can take one of those off our hands every once in a while. You guys can make that trip. Um, so.
2: Well, if they if they go to a pod setup or or the, the you know sort of the protected games each year, it's been talked about that Illinois and Indiana would have a, a regular game, a kind of a rivalry setup. Obviously, Indiana's number one is is Purdue, right? But do you see from a football standpoint? Sure. Do you see Indiana and Illinois mm-hmm. as uh, teams that sh- should or could play each year as part of this pod setup
0: uh, I mean it makes sense i mean I, I I think it's it's just a question okay how big are the pods and what are they based on um basically and I, I think I mean Indiana I'm sure would, would not to talk bad on illinois but I mean it works on a, on a number of levels I mean you think you would think that game would be reasonably competitive most years uh, you know some years illinois certainly has put together teams that are far past what indiana has but i think that that's reasonably competitive situation it's a relatively short drive Um, and so that seems to make sense to, to, you know, I I think Indiana will be perfectly happy having that as a protected game. You know, obviously just the question is the the other moving parts there. Um, you know, you're looking, you could look at say from a geographical standpoint, all right, you know, Penn state, Ohio state, Maryland Rutgers, uh, is four, but you're not taking Ohio state out of a situation with Michigan. And I don't know if Penn state wants to be out of, out of, a a deal with Michigan and, and having those games on their schedule. Um, so it's like, okay, so what do you, you know, where do you move Maryland or Rutgers? Do you, you know, have to move them with Indiana? What does that look like? Um, so I could see there just being a lot of um, moving parts as far as, as far as scheduling is concerned, it's not an easy thing to do. I think with the way that the big 10 is going to be spread out from coast to coast now, um, you know, obviously UCLA and USC are going to play each other every year and, you know, Ohio State and Michigan are going to play each other every year. The rivalries are going to play each other every year. Uh, you know, that's going to happen. But as far as how, how do you fill out the rest of your pods, uh, you know, I think there's there's a lot of questions as to how that, uh, what makes the most sense there. I mean, what are you trying to do from a competitive balance standpoint? What are you trying to do from a rivalry standpoint? What are you trying to do from a geographical standpoint? Uh, and what are you going to try to do from, um, you know, creating TV games because obviously that's the point here uh, mm-hmm. is that uh, you know continuing to make it a marketable product so that you are able to uh, you know not only cash in from whatever um, mega deal they're about to make, but then make another one after that, um, and continue just sort of piling on this cash. Uh, you know they're going to want to just be able to create uh, TV-friendly football games. So how does that ultimately work out? Um, what allows you to do all of those things and make you know basically make all those moving parts make sense? Um, it's a great question, but I mean, I you know I, I I don't think either side would have any problem with Indiana and like playing each other twenty.
3: So, Michael Penix is out, headed out west to to play for Washington, uh, along with the slew of transfers that are coming in. Uh, Indiana's got a guy from Missouri. What's the confidence in him in the first game uh, against the Line? Coming up here at, what is it, almost three weeks?
0: Yeah, no, I think uh, there is still a battle uh, for the starting job um, between Connor Bazelak from the Missouri transfer and Jack Tuttle, who has been there for a few years but was a Utah transfer. And When he went to Utah, he was a really highly recruited guy. He was, uh, you know, four-star, had been to Elite 11. Um, you know, he's been uh, Michael a backup the last couple of years. He, he's got some starts in there, won a big game against Wisconsin in 2020, uh, but last year just it didn't get a lot going, and then, you know, it, literally on a really nice touchdown pass against Ohio State uh he got his ankle busted up and he was never really the same um but he has you know, done a good job of leading really this offseason so I think they're still locked in uh to a pretty good competition they're going to have a scrimmage on Friday um and they you know uh Tom Allen expects to know who his guy is going to be sooner but uh from what we've been able to just tell and they're weird about what we share and what we don't from what little we get to watch it practice uh, they really like how Bazelak throws the football uh, they really like his just you know the, just the, the catchable ball he's got he's got good arm strength um basically but a lot of guys are, are, are able to make make plays on it basically he's got nice touch uh you know Tuttle's got a pretty decent arm as well but Bazelak stands out a little bit more there obviously Tuttle has more uh comfort with the guys um you know, it's a new offense with Walt Bell uh being the new offense coordinator they've moved, moved on to Nick Sheridan um uh, but you know, Tuttle has moved the offense relatively well, according to uh, Tom Allen. Anyway, um, and it has again a sense of what he's working, with, what he's dealing with. So there's still going to be a battle there, but uh, you know, I, they they have, I think, some good playmakers coming in. Um, you know, a couple good uh, transfer wide receivers: Cam Camper, Emory Simmons, uh, Anderson Kobe. Uh, are, are three guys they really like a lot. They moved Donovan uh from quarterback. He was the guy who was starting at the end of the year, and they moved him over to wide receiver. He's a really big target, six foot five, really good athlete. Still figuring out the position, but he's a quarterback, so you know he's got to be a high IQ guy. Uh, and he's a the guy they think they can trust. So they they have some weapons on offense. Uh, a lot of new ones. A lot, you know, basically just every, everybody that, that you know, their leading rusher, passer, receiver, all gone from last season. Um, but they they have some things they like out of out of what they've got going on offense.
1: Dustin
2: Depierrek, we really appreciate your time here with us on Sports Talk, and it'll be September second when we see you over in Bloomington for Illinois and Indiana game. I think both teams will see and feel that or should feel that they they can win and want to get off on the mm-hmm. right foot for Big Ten play. So it'll be a good one under the lights. We appreciate your time, friend.
0: Dan, sounds good. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah.
2: Likewise, and it's Dustin Deport. Give him a follow on Twitter and read him in the Indianapolis Star. Colin Likas is with us after this.
3: Did you just sing Bon Jovi? Me? Yeah.
2: Did I just sing Bon Jovi? Is that, is, is that why you're a cowboy? A oh, yeah, because I was thinking, I was thinking about a cowboy hat. I had a cowboy hat in my mind. And that's when I went, "I'm a cowboy." And that makes me think of the time that Grant Hill did a commercial. I think it was for Sprite and he's singing, "I'm a cowboy." <laughs> okay, <laughs> he's singing. I'm
3: going to have to YouTube that one.
2: Oh, it's so worth your time okay. if it's out there, but some of these things get taken away that you need to be able to find like Joe Buck and Slam a Lemon Ding Dong. <laughs> Are you familiar with that? I
3: I think you maybe I've heard this story before. Oh, it's so good.
2: Before. He's he's in a commercial and they're saying, "Come on, Joe, all the great announcers have a catchphrase." And he's like, "No, I'm not just going to sell out." because uh, they're trying to get him to say uh, "Slam a lamb a ding-dong" after a home run. <laughs> he's like, "No, I'm not going to sell out." And then like put a big fat check in front of him. "Swing and a drive, slam a lamb a ding-dong." <laughs> <laughs> That's the next thing he's doing. That's a that's a pretty you good. You can't call. find it.
3: I don't know if Joe Buck said you know called
2: YouTube and said please scrub this. Yeah,
3: he he's the kind of guy who would have guys that can do that kind of thing. You need a catchphrase, Colin Lykus. Do you have I'm trying one? To think of it. I'm trying to think of one. I'll uh,
1: I'll get back to you by the time I'm I'm on again next week. No, <laughs> I don't have one currently. mild
2: mannered Colin Lykas, has joined us in from the News Gazette prep room. How are you doing, sir? Yeah, I don't I don't
1: really traffic in catchphrases. I usually just like. What do you traffic Say in? <laughs> random words and comes answers to mo- only. Yeah, whatever comes to mind, I just say randomly. So, uh, I'm good to actually answer your question. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> yeah, good to see you. Yeah. Um, what are you working on that is not football? Hmm. Because there are
2: other. I mean, we are f- sports. we've talked. And yes. I'm not we've talked a lot about the lead up here to high school football season. I want to make sure the you know what is <laughs> what's top of mind right now. That is not volleyball,
1: Cross-country. Right. That is not football, yes. Yeah. So I, I think golf is top of mind by default because it's the only sport that's going on right now. Uh, that will change tomorrow, though. The girls' tennis season starts tomorrow, so... Yeah. We will add a second sport, and then next week things get really crazy with just everything kind of piling in. But yeah, um, I was over at Urbana Country Club on uh, Tuesday. Really nice weather. Got there. That was Monday, I guess. The days are running together. But uh, got to uh, got to see some some quality golf for for a little while. I was helping Robin Scholes. Photograph some kids because it's it's difficult to photograph golfers. I don't know if you noticed. They don't really wear much identifying garb <laughs> besides, like, school colors.
2: When are they going to start wearing numbers
1: and yeah. last names, yeah. nameplates? So, unless you, like, know the kids by face. Uh, Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson aren't out there. You're not going to recognize <laughs> uh, people necessarily off the bat. So got to see some good golf, and the weather was nice. So, yeah, we're really deep in the golf scene right now. But on uh, this uh, weekend's Weekend Extra... Uh, going to be looking at the boys soccer season that is cross-country as well and girls tennis and girls swimming Uh, going to be previewing all of those sports coming up this weekend Um, i I am working on that it has not been at the top of my mind today but i we are working on that it'll be at the top of my mind tomorrow i promise that
3: (laughs) (laughs) well yeah along with you know putting pictures and faces together. You Mm -hmm. guys had the faces of the fall Mm -hmm. kind of thing over the weekend. Do you you see the same students year in, year out? Is it a lot of change? Do Do you meet? a a lot of new athletes when when those come through each of the seasons
1: yeah i do meet a lot of new athletes just because you know you have a limited amount of time that these kids can be around it's not like with a professional team where somebody's been taking the same picture of or molina for the last 20 years or whatever (laughs) um you know these kids have a, a shelf life at their high school and uh So once they go, I usually end up seeing their little brother, little sister, cousin, somebody who is related to them. Uh, But by the same token, we do get a lot of coaches who just, they like to send the same kids in Mm -hmm. um, each school year. Some kids end up just coming for three sports during each school year, and then they come in again for three more (laughs) sports the next school year. And they just, they end up with about 12 different versions of the same (laughs) photo, basically, once, once they're done with high school, which is always interesting. But I... I let the coaches make the decision on who they want to send in. If they uh, they want to send the top athlete who uh, is going to get the most pub, that's their prerogative. If they want to send somebody who we might never write about in the paper because they don't get a lot of playing time, then that's we'll, we're, we're glad to have them as well. Uh,
3: you you mentioned boys soccer that takes place in the fall. Yeah, has there been any talk wondering if is there is there an uptick in interest in boys soccer as mm-hmm. we see all of these. Football teams, left and right, kind of dropping varsity football? Sure.
1: Um, that's a good question. I, I, we, we field a lot of boys-slash-co-ed soccer teams in this area. Um, I'm starting to call it boys-slash-co-ed because a lot of our boys' teams actually have girls on them now. Hmm. Um, you know, we, we don't have very many girls' soccer teams. We have 10 in the area. We've got... Probably closer to twenty two, twenty three boys' teams, and I would say probably a third of them, if not more, have at least a few girls on mm-hmm. them. So uh definitely more of a co ed scene just because a lot of schools don't quite have the kids for a girls' soccer team, but they've got girls who are interested in playing, which definitely also drives the rosters up of these these teams during the fall season. So, uh I would say there's definitely increased interest in it you know i don't think it's just urbana where they had you know 60 kids come out for tryouts last school year for their boys soccer team as opposed to when they had 30 35 football players simultaneously Um, but i think there's also other sports at play especially travel stuff is certainly a big deal Uh, whether you're talking you know travel basketball travel soccer travel baseball softball what have you just all these different travel opportunities and and trying to be a single sport athlete if you want to go play at the d1 level seems to be something that uh, quite a few kids have kind of latched on to uh, although it's interesting that Ty Pence who recently committed to uh, Illinois State men's basketball recently decided uh, that he was gonna go back and play football for St. Joe this school year which uh, certainly wasn't something I was expecting to hear um, he hadn't played since his freshman year um, he, he had played some combination of football golf basketball and baseball throughout the course of his high school career but it seemed like uh, last year he had kind of just gone solely to basketball and we were all like yeah we, we get it he, trying to focus on trying to land a d1 uh, scholarship totally mm-hmm. makes sense but uh, he committed to illinois state earlier this month and then he uh, asked coach sean skinner right after saint joe was in here for our <laughs> prep football media days actually he sean skinner's driving back to saint joe and he gets a call from ty pence saying hey you got room on the roster for one more and yeah, sean skinner's not gonna say no to a d1 kid <laughs> on his roster that's for sure nope I assume you might wish he was doing golf
2: instead, but sure. that's neither
1: here nor there. You know what? I bet there. I bet uh, Coach Pedon is probably very happy. He's doing multi-sport yeah. regardless. No, I get it. I, but, I uh, do. Yeah, it, it, you always are worried that you know one wrong helmet to a knee. I mean, that happened to Aiden Lawfrey for GCMs last school year. He barely played his senior season because in their very first game against Carlinville, he took a, a rogue helmet to the knee. Not a dirty play, just a. Run-of-the-mill play that could happen to anyone. So fingers crossed that doesn't happen to Ty Pence or anyone else this year, because you don't want to see any kids get hurt. No, and you don't want to shortchange, uh, uh, you know what it, what could be your full high school experience. No, absolutely not. And I'm sure Ty Pence has a lot of good f- friends on that team. Kids who, you know, they're probably some of the some teammates were probably just trying to say, "Hey, man, you want to come out for one more ride? You know, you could use another wide receiver. You'll you'll have a good time. It'll be fun." I'm sure that factors into it, you know, as much as he's focused on, you know, trying to extend his basketball career, he's still a high school kid. He's still got high school friends and relationships that he's probably going to miss once he graduates in, in less than a year. So,
3: yeah, I don't blame him whatsoever. Is that a team that could make a run to state this year? I'm curious. Could that have contributed to it?
1: I am curious to see what happens with St. Joe football. They've kind of just been just running along kind of a flat line mm-hmm. uh, for the last four or five years. Um. Obviously, Dick Duval led that team to very great heights. The late Dick Duval, Sean Skinner, great coach, has taken over, but the team just hasn't really found a second gear. They've kind of just been in a first gear throughout uh, his tenure. They've. Made the playoffs every year except one, but it's always just been kind of a five and five or five and four finish right around there. Um, I think having Ty Pence definitely helps out. Uh it can't it can't hurt. I mean, he was their leading receiver as a freshman when he played in twenty nineteen, and the numbers were it wasn't like he caught five passes for eighty yards. It wasn't like they weren't throwing the ball. He caught like fifteen to eighteen passes for high two hundreds and four touchdowns. I mean, he was definitely a capable pass catcher, so uh, and his uh, his planned quarterback is the starting point guard for St. Joe's <laughs> basketball team. So there's definitely a connection there that could uh, maybe get them an extra win or something and get them out of that kind of 14-15 seed they've been stuck in with the playoffs recently, gets them up to a 10 or a 9, something like that.
2: Colin Likus, News Gazette Preps, at N G on Twitter.
1: Good to see you, friend. Yeah, I'll uh, come up with a catchphrase, and I'll hop back in before uh, I got, like, what, 90 seconds? <laughs> I'll try to hurry. Slam-a-lam-a-ding-dong.
2: <laughs> ding <laughs> right, that'll about do it for Sports Talk. A, just a note, if you were going to go to the Padres game for t- Fernando Tatis' bobblehead night, that's been replaced with a Juan Soto shirt giveaway. That's it's not bad. That's yeah. a pretty
3: good trade. <laughs> I think I'd take a
2: shirt over the bobblehead. It might last 10 years, too. We'll see. <laughs> Depends on how you wash it. All right, we'll see you tomorrow, sir. Sounds good. New stock 1400, 93.9 FM, WDWS, Champaign-Urbana, White Sox at 630. CBS News Brief. When it comes to January 6th, former Vice President Mike Pence says he might talk about how it all played out.